Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe, and welcome to the Soundtrack to a Life. Welcome back. I am Chris. We are back with the soundtrack to a life. With me once again is Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Did you just call me by your name? No, I know I that just, that's a popular I, movie. You I, can't I, actually call people by your name. I, it's I, confusing. I actually, I actually said hello to myself. It's part of my charm. Oh, all right. I guess if you're welcoming yourself to places, then you always feel welcome. Yeah. That's where I we're going with it. Say, oh, no. <laughs> And Mike and I are here today discussing the Apple's 2008 album, Buzzin' Around. So, Mike, tell me about this record. What is your emotional connection to it? What's your story? Why are you bringing it to me? Why am I bringing it to you? Normally, I'm the guy who goes after the sad record. That has been my stock and trade for basically my entire life. Now, for whatever reason, a couple years ago, right near the end of my time in the media, where I was at my lowest, like I couldn't feel worse about where I was at in my life. A track from this came up on a Discover playlist on Spotify, and it just grabbed me so goddamn hard. I was like, I have to hear more by these guys. So I went and I searched, and I found this album, which is what the track had come from, and I listened to it, and I listened to it, and I listened to it, and this is the first album that I have found in decades that does to me what the sad albums normally do, but goes the other way. Mm. It just lifts me the hell up out of anything. If I'm in a state and I know I need to get out of it, I put this album on, and it just... By the end of it, I'm just flying. I just love it. Yeah, I was literally two months away from being laid off from a job that I hated that, you know, I had spent ten years thinking was the pinnacle. And this album came on and it made everything cool. No problem. It just, it just goes. It's just such a great album. Yeah. And I will admit, when you told me to go listen to it immediately, I had zero idea based on the title and the name of the band with no other information what to expect. Uh, no one knows of these guys, yeah. honestly. For those of you at home, they're an Israeli funk band. Yeah. It's a, it, uh, uh, featuring I, a drummer, an upright bass, a four-person brass section, two DJs, and a sound console operator who counts as a member of the band. I've never... Uh, that, uh, that's a new one. Like, I've never seen a band who includes their sound guy. But with two DJs and a brass section... Yeah, I guess you have to. Yeah, the dude who's mixing it has a more important <laughs> yeah. job than he would with a regular yep. band. Yes. And it has a really... Um, you're right, it's incredibly upbeat. It's incredibly positive music. It has almost a go-team feel, if you remember those guys. They only just vaguely, but yeah. Yeah, or if Beck made instru an instrumental album. I imagine that it would sound something like this. 
So long as we're not talking morning phase Beck. No, but okay. I, I don't feel like Beck making an instrumental album would be bringing morning phase back to play. I'm thinking Midnight Vultures Beck. Yeah, that equates. Yeah. And the genre I found incredibly difficult to pin down. I'm not sure that there really is a genre to it. I mean, it's got elements of funk. There's a lot of scratching and sampling and all of this. Yeah. There's uh, trip-hop elements. There's, there's almost swing elements. Swing, jazz, stuff like that. It's somewhat ska-like without the ska guitar. Like, the bass line and the brass stuff is, like, yeah, a lot of it very ska-y. But there's no guitar to it and no vocalist to it. Like, yeah. there, there isn't a single vocalist in it. I mean, it's all done from samples. Yeah, this is entirely instrumental jazz yeah. funk. Basically, yeah. I think they must have recorded some of the samples special. There are moments where it just... The vocal lines that have been sampled and are being scratched and all of this are just too right for the music. I know I know. I caught, like, there's a sample in there I'm pretty sure is Ella Fitzgerald scatting away, but they're, like, Louisiana, one of the tracks on it. I haven't been able to find any song that has that. That's sort of one of the things that I like about this is it's like, okay, I'm going to hunt down these samples. Where the hell did these things come from? Yeah. You know? And I haven't found any of them. I think I think they, they're, like, off-site recording samples for their own uses. I don't know. Here's my thing, right? With a band that features DJs from a country other than this, you... Don't know what Israeli well, pop music this is true, or what a fairly clued-in DJ in that region of the world would be getting clued into. This, You're approaching it from what a fairly clued-in person in Canada would get. This up is to. true. Absolutely true. I mean, a lot of it has that sort of deep South, almost New Orleans jazz stuff. You'd think you'd hear it like Mardi Gras. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, this is street music. They're walking up and down the street, and the drummer's carrying his stuff. There's aspects of that to it. A lot of people, when whenever I introduce these guys to people, I go, think James Brown without James Brown. I'll buy that. It sounds really lo-fi. Like, a really oh, do-it-yourself yeah. kind of vibe. Like, it was this is, this is recorded only, in someone's garage. This is only their second album. Their first one was sort of... They recorded it in a single session, just like straight through the whole thing. And it's just sort of them sort of just riffing on ideas. Whereas this one is much more planned. So I don't think it was like recorded in a single session, but it sounds like it's not like they isolated each of the instruments. Yeah. Actually, there is one track on there where it sounds like it's their warm-up track where it's just the drum and brass section, and there's, like, a solo for each member of the, uh, of the band. Oh, yeah. Uh, it starts with the trumpet, goes to the trombone, goes to the tenor sax, goes to the berry sax, and then has, like, a little bit of drum solo-ish. And that's it. And it, it sounds like it's recorded in maybe this room, like something just a little bit larger than this room, with a single microphone and all of that. And even the rest of the tracks... Yeah, it sounds like there's maybe many more microphones involved, but it's all being recorded at the same time. Yeah, and like, that feels like the correct call. Yeah. Like, there is nothing 
that additional time or production value would have done to improve this music. It's got a really loose, jammy, vibrant feeling to it. It's the music is alive. Like yeah, it's it feels very present. I get the feeling that any of the solos that are happening are happening for the first time ever. They've practiced the song, but this is a brand new, completely unique solo. That would not surprise me at all. And that takes balls to record that. Yeah. Like, that's some pretty incredible stuff, so. Plus it feels like these guys like each other genuinely. There is a real sense of fun here I, it, that is contagious. I get the impression this is just like a whole bunch of band students who finished high school and said, hey, let's do something and continue. You know, I don't want to do music as my career, but I want to keep playing music. So why don't we just get together and do something? And this is what came of it. Like, there is that feeling to it. They're obviously well-trained. They are not beginners at any of this. The stand-up bassist is just... He's killing it. He's killing it. Yeah, like... Man. But yeah, I mean, it, honestly, I'd be hard-pressed to find a member of the band who isn't doing well. Yeah, they move. I mean, you can't, you can't really identify one mixer versus the other, uh, you know. Yeah. There's two. I know that, but you can't tell within the music, which in and of itself is pretty incredible. Yeah, the music moves, and it never stops moving. And that kind of energy is really infectious. By the second track... I was up and moving around my living room, listening to this by myself. It's yeah. very much that kind of record. Absolutely. When I was listening to this at the beginning, I was listening to this album just nonstop. Like, literally for about two months on end, I listened to nothing but this album. And this was before I had set it as my alarm. And I was still waking up with any one of the tracks just going in my head. Nice. And it was just like, that was sort of the thing that indicated to me, okay, I should probably not only keep this album in my life, but include it a hell of a lot more. And yeah, it would, I would just wake up to a track like Yablaki or any of these things and just, I'd hear a vast majority of the song just playing in my head, note for note. And it just got me moving. Yeah, it's, uh, it's music that's built on a sense of forward momentum. Which, at times in your life, where your own forward momentum had come to a full stop, yeah. Yeah, it's a good jumper cable to get you up and functioning. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, after 12 years of having been in broadcasting, I was looking at this job, and I knew it was coming to an end. I didn't know specifically how or when, but I knew it was coming to an end. But I also knew I hated it by this point. Like, I was oh. just done. And I was looking for it to end. It was one of those where I couldn't do it myself yep. sort of things. And it was one of those jobs where if somebody asks, why are you working here? You'd respond, I don't want a job hunt. <laughs> yeah. So about two weeks after this came up on that Spotify Discover list or whatever, the, the one track came up and then I got into the album. About two weeks after that, I was taking a week off to, of all things. I, at the time, I was the president of the Band Parents Music Association at my daughter's school, and the grade eights and nines were getting ready to go on a tour out to Vancouver and Whistler for a big music festival and competition, and I was going to be the chaperone. 
one of the chaperones. I remember being on a bus surrounded by, you know, a whole bunch of crazy kids, you know, band kids that are crazy as anything. And at all times, I had one earbud in my ear listening to this album. And man, did I have just a riot on this trip. Like, everyone's like, how could you survive 90 students <laughs> on two buses? You know, first day, it's like, okay, we drove for 14 hours on a bus. How can you survive that? I'm like, I had a great time. I don't know what you people are on. And yeah, it it gave me the chance to evaluate where I was at. And all that evaluation was while listening to this. So I was remarkably upbeat about what the future held. So when the job did eventually end, I took the weekend to mourn it. <laughs> Monday morning, printed off 200 resumes, handed them out, and had a job by that afternoon. And I had thoroughly decided that I was done with broadcasting. So yeah, it was not a job in broadcasting. It was just a job to make sure that I survive. Man. And God, it's actually, I'm still working at said job. I still love said job. And even while full-time in school, I'm still working full-time at this job because I do enjoy it that much. The job being, I work in a liquor store and I get to, you know, purvey liquor to all sorts of people. I like jobs where you get to meet everybody. Yeah, it, it there is a, a niceness to that. And admittedly, I get to use some of my expertise. I do know a lot about drinking. Yeah, I'm the, uh, I'm the same way when I'm working in restaurants. You get to meet some of the coolest people in the world. Exactly. And admittedly, also the rest of the people. Also the rest of the, yeah. But sometimes people are really great. And I don't know how I would function if I weren't able to meet Some two of... dozen new people every day. Exactly. I mean, that's what this album is for me. Is it? It took me from that always dark, always one hundred percent angry, all of that space, to moving, to being able to be happy in given moments. It's not something I often get to say. It's not a perpetual state by any any stretch of the imagination, but I can always regain it with this album. Yeah. And I believe that. That's kinda nice. If you're ever in a bad mood you can put on the sound of nine people having obviously the time of their lives. <laughs> and they and they so are. Yeah. And it's I'd love to see these dudes play. I feel like that'd be a really weird room. I but one I that I would really be, like yeah. to be in. Yeah, as far as I know, they've only, they did like a micro tour of the UK mm. back, touring for this album. Uh, so it would have, must have been like 2009, 2010, sometime in there. And they did release, they have released two subsequent albums. I think the most recent one was 2012. I don't know if they're still active. Wikipedia I feel has like, nothing to say about it. I feel like six years after their last album, we might have yeah, they may be gone. seen the last uh, of these people. Which is which I would say is very unfortunate. I would say it's also unfortunate that they didn't make it over here. I think I think considering considering how big Ska had been in North America, I think something like this could have done really, really well. Yeah, but they were off by about a decade. Well, they were off like in by... in 1998. They were off by a decade, but there's always that little bit of revivalism. Like, there are still people who really love Ska. 
and they're yep. listening to the same ska bands from 1998, but if any of those bands, small, large, medium, whatever, come anywhere close to here, they go see them. And they still follow what's going on. I think if you were to have these guys open for a ska band, even of just small to medium size, you could probably get some real interest in I buy that, but I don't know if that level of enthusiasm is something that sends you to the other side of the world. I feel like that is the level of enthusiasm that takes you on a micro tour of the UK. Of the UK, yeah, this is true. Or to places where all of the members of the band can drive. <laughs> this is like, true. If these guys were coming out of uh, coming out of Calgary, I feel like their tour would involve Alberta, Edmonton, <laughs> some small towns, Vancouver, Seattle, and Portland. There's a distinct radius for bands of this size, and while I do think this is a shame, it, it, this it, will it's just a reality. Yeah, this will never yeah. be radio music. No. I would love to live in a universe in which it was possible. I mean, the the only thing that was even close to radio music on this is the last track on the album. And, well, it is a cover of Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. You know, it's a great cover of it. I know marching bands have done it, this, that, and the other thing. And I think marching bands have done it since these guys. Because yep. these guys did actually, this was how anyone who knows of them prior knew of them it is a spectacular cover of killing in the name of it's a really good one but that's i mean it's it it is so little of what these guys actually are yeah like i play a game on this show where i talk about what years this album could have come out during and have it fit into the pop landscape but that really doesn't for this it, it's not pop music at all uh, it's not, they're trying it's, to plow their own furrow yeah it is it is honestly their own thing you can't again it's a, you can't really identify what it is there's funk elements to it there's jazz elements to it there's a little bit of hip-hop element to it all this but they aren't in any way shape or form one thing yeah they're the sound if asked what they sound like, I would say they sound like nine musicians and no filter. And I kind of like the whole no filter idea, you know? Yeah, it's great. People are missing out. Well, yeah. Everyone who didn't buy this album is terrible. Well, I mean... Or, I guess, admittedly, it's self-policing. Everybody who didn't buy this album doesn't get to listen to this album now. I don't true. need to wish them more ill than that, because it's very good. This is true. I mean, it, admittedly. I did not buy this album. I have streamed it on Spotify. That has been how I've done it. That counts. And, I, I, and admittedly, you know, I do at least pay for a full Spotify membership, which yep. means my money is going towards whatever I'm streaming. I believe the band gets... Uh, they do get some form of residual. I don't know if it's big or anything like yeah. that. But... No, but I believe that they still get it if you don't subscribe to the full Spotify. Really? Yeah. Because the uh, ads that you're forced to listen to also generate also revenue, just, some oh, of which okay. goes back to the band. See, that's so a, when you're paying for your Spotify, you're just paying to not listen to commercials. Which, by the way, as someone who pays for Spotify, worth it. Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> worth I, it. I, 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 please, no commercials. Yeah, ads. God, I can't even remember when. It's been years since I haven't paid for it. It would have been before I even had had heard of this. So, 
at least three years. I don't even remember what the commercial content was, but I knew I didn't want it. If I understand correctly from podcasts, it was probably Mattresses and I want to say Squarespace, who, yeah. by the way, Mattress Companies and Squarespace, slide into my DMs. It's, I'm very interested. <laughs> I, 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 I want to talk to you. <laughs> and you should want to talk to me. Yeah, not even because I get out to that much of an audience or that I like money that much. I just need to buy a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> it is legitimate, real-world concerns. That's that's what we that's what we want from this show. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do, do a mattress ad for our company, and we'll send you a mattress. So you know how it's good. Done. <laughs> we haven't even discussed paying you for it yet. Don't need to. Mattresses just are very give, expensive, and give. I want one. <laughs> Oh, if only that was the way the world worked. I mean, every single podcast that I listen to is talking about mattresses. It's got to be a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's... Why mattresses, though? Like, why is that... Has that become, like, there's a couple the of... oeuvre of the podcast world? Yeah, because there's a couple of big-ticket online mattress stores that are competing with one another. And they don't have stores or showrooms or the budget to do TV advertising. Okay. Whereas on a podcast, they give you a promo code that also lets them know whose show is generating what traffic. And then yeah. they base how much they pay you on that. No, I, so mean, if, I, so I if understand you... the logistics to it. But mattresses plus podcasts, that yeah. seems like... like you could do you could do blogs. You could do you could do like video. You could do essays. blogs if it were two thousand four. Well <laughs> Alright, showing my age and my <laughs> ill attention to the internet. Um, you could do like video essayists or YouTubers or whatever. I'm the hell. sure they do. I watch a lot of video essays on YouTube and I haven't seen anything about mattresses. I've seen Squarespace, I've seen this, that and the other thing, but mattresses it may just be podcasts, and that puzzles me. Why, like, what about podcasts sells mattresses? People listen to them in bed? I, Question I, mark? I, 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 that, that was going to be my preposition. It's like, it's got to be something to that effect. I definitely know that a sizable chunk of people listen to podcasts in bed. See, I only ever listen to it in the car. Mm, yeah, I do while waking up or taking the train somewhere. But, like, people And I'm do. never thinking about my mattress when I'm in the car. No. Like, it, and by the time I get home, I don't but think are you, back to the ad. But are you thinking about how your lower back hurts while you're in the car? Because if so, have I got a mattress for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle you aren't already selling me one. It's, right? Uh, no, I'm never thinking about my lower back pain in the car. Oh, man. I'm thinking about the other assholes on the road. We're very different men. <laughs> I think about my joints in my lower back. A noteworthy portion of my day. I think about whether the robots are coming to end us. That's what I do. Oh. Yeah. This is the philosophical rabbit hole that I tumble into on a daily basis. And Poor, I'm sweet, old. innocent Mike. Yeah. The robots don't care about us. <laughs> They've never cared about us. I would contend. That they the, know that they can just wait us out and we'll destroy ourselves. I would contend that we're talking about weak AI robots wherein they have not gained consciousness, so they haven't realized that ending us would be of benefit to them. Mm, like that drone that they marketed that can eat biological material. I haven't heard about that. What? This was a number of years ago, and I assume 
It's that... either been destroyed or has taken over its portion of the world? No, I haven't heard any of it other than the fact that they were launching it. It can but they, it was a self it was a self repairing drone that could synthesize biological materials into food to fuel. fuel. Yeah. And uh people heard about it and went, Wait, did you just invent a robot that never breaks down and eats human flesh? Because we're not on board for that. Oh. But then, like all of the general dynamics robots, it probably turned out to suck. Yeah, probably. And <laughs> but that—that's precisely how it will happen. Is you know all of this, you know, Elon Musk and you know Stephen Hawking, rest in peace, are talking about how oh we have to look out for AI, and all the governments are saying no, no, don't worry, we're going to regulate it, we're going to regulate it. But it'll be just some random company says, hey, look, we've already made this. We're yeah. marketing it now to the public. And that's how this is going to happen. Because there's going to be some capitalist who's decided that, no, screw the better nature of uh, the world. We're just going to do this. Yeah, no, I'm not worried We're, about AI. I'm worried about the robot that is not intelligent and only programmed to do like five functions. And one of them is kill. And then you, you unleash them into a war very, zone. You could very easily and be can't talking get them about back. us. Yeah, we're very good at killing. Yeah. We have five functions. Arguably the best at killing. Arguably, yeah. We're 20 years off from finding out if we're better than a meteor strike at killing. <laughs> How do you figure 20 years? I don't know. I'm giving it 20 years. Yeah, but they've been giving it 20 years since Armageddon came out. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah, but ago. that wasn't 20 a thing. years ago this year. That Armageddon is 20? Yes. Oh my god. Yes, it's time to end our lives. No. no well, no, wait, no, we survived Armageddon. That was film. a... Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, the gloves are coming off, are they? Hot take. <laughs> that was not a good enough movie for me to feel old over. I need a certain level of fondness for a piece of cinema before I feel old when I find out how old it is. Like, when somebody says to me, did you know that the first episode of Supernatural aired 37 years ago today and i go i don't feel anything about that i am not connected with that franchise enough to know that that show has been running for close to 60 years it's coming awfully close on fight club being 20 oh my god awful awful close which would also mean the matrix matrix might make me feel old uh, the cg might yeah, yeah. Uh, the CG in it might. Uh, I know. It doesn't stand up. I, I watched it just the other day on Netflix because I needed something to fall asleep to, and the CG does not hold up. Could somebody give the Wachowskis $100 million and let them do special editions? Could someone stop James Cameron from making another Avatar? You don't have to watch another Avatar. You're right. Can I share something with you? <laughs> sure. Can I share something very deep and personal? Uh-oh. I never watched the first one. Oh, thank you. It's me. Thank you. I'm the guy. You, I'm the one guy who did not watch Avatar. So don't tell James Cameron. This this just He will in. show up at my house. This just in. No, tell no one of this. Someone will make me watch it. 6,999,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,
Because there I is... I haven't the faintest idea. There is a really cinematic quality there to is, it. There is a soundtrackiness to it. Yeah, yeah it's very widescreen. Oh, shit. No, I, I would need to think about that at length. Because I'm calling either a bar scene in a science fiction movie, like Cantina in Star Wars style, or I'm calling a detective movie from the mid to late 70s. See, I'd be closer on that. Yeah, see, I was going to say, like, buddy cop location-driven, so, like, Southern California, it's too high energy for Hawaii. Yep. Hey, you could even, you a buddy cop in, in Louisiana. New I'll Orleans. I'll buy that. Something like that. Like, as for era, you could go, like, really early era, 30s, 40s. Because, I mean, this music doesn't stand that far out from it. Like, it's, it, I mean, other than the sampling, the music itself could stand in in the 30s, 40s, yeah. in the jazz era there. Plus, like, one time they let Madonna do the soundtrack to a movie that was ostensibly set in the 1920s and 30s. Clearly, we, the viewing Al public... Al Pacino's worst film, you mean. Hard disagree. Oh! <laughs> Oh, hard hard disagree. I'm gonna urge you to not go back and watch Al Pacino's opus Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler. Ah, oh, shit! I forgot he did that. All these old guys. De Niro's doing the same thing too. Like, yeah, he does an impersonation of Robert De Niro now. He's the world's foremost Robert De Niro impersonator. But even De Niro himself is doing horrible films. Yeah. Yeah, ostensibly Madonna did a period piece in about that era, and did every. I was that I was everyone. I was very young when it came out. Sure, like I was nine. But it's not like there were no adults during that period. Yeah, every single person. I'm not sure the adults really endorsed that film. I I know they didn't prevent it. Well, they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, and prevention is the first step, kids. Right? Prevention is the first step. Oh my um, god! Was that not? Was that movie that bad? Come on! I haven't seen. Have you ever it. watched I it as an adult? I haven't seen it for decades. That's the thing. I, I don't think I've seen it any time other than when I saw it in the theaters. I had a good number of the toys. Yeah, I definitely did not. They were ugly and gross. No, they were of excellent quality. It's really? just all the characters were ugly and gross. Yeah. Well, they actually, were. You take a look at the film. It's. Should we, should we indicate which film this is, oh, just in case people don't know? Warren Beatty's classic, Dick Tracy. Warren Beatty? It You're might, better than this. Is he? 70s Warren Beatty, yeah. Here's the thing. He's doing a comic book movie. It's 1990s. The only comic book movies he's ever seen are Tim Burton Batman and Richard Donner Superman. Had? And that's what he thinks comic book movies are. Had? I think he made it pretty well. Yeah, I guess it does predate... Burton Batman. I think it's a little after, but like the year after. Yeah, and also, Burton Batman was 89. Yeah, and Burton and Batman was campy as hell. Dick Tracy, yeah, would have had to have been 90, 91, somewhere yeah. there. I mean, he had nothing to base it on. I mean, if you were to do Dick Tracy now, how do you think that would work? As a Netflix series. It could be done as like a. It was a comic net- strip, not a book. It's meant to be ongoing. Yeah, so. Do it as a Netflix series. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd buy that. And soundtrack it with the apples. I would buy that as well. Netflix. Hit call up me. the apples. Call me. 
No, me. I well, want, okay. I want to cash get, a check myself. Hit up Chris first, and he will get you in touch with the apples somehow. That is correct. I'm aware that I have put this idea out into the universe, and they can definitely all just do this without me, without paying me a cent. I'm just you're urging just, you you're not visualizing to. visualizing it. I don't own the rights to any of these things. And probably couldn't, even for Dick Tracy, probably couldn't afford it. Is Dick Tracy not a multi-million dollar franchise? It might have been way back in the day. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it holds any money at this point. I'm. I'm pretty sure none of the creators are still alive. I'm not sure it would make any money, but I'm sure it's worth some. Like whoever owns the rights is in the business of owning the rights until somebody buys the rights from them because they want to make a movie. It's the greatest residual ever. Yeah. Yeah, but like we've made dumber characters into movies. I'm trying to come up with one off the top of my head, and I'm not... Uh, it's amazingly I'm... Dude, failing. we made a movie about a talking raccoon whose best friend is a tree. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> it had a good soundtrack, though. I liked that movie. I thought that I, movie I, totally worked. I, I'm, I quite I'm unambig well. unambiguous, but on paper. Horrible. He's horrible a talking plan, raccoon. Yeah. His best friend is a tree. It's based on a comic book from the 70s. Oh, one that people has heard of? No. No. <laughs> no one had heard of it. But I'm, it did well. That's what I'm saying. If somebody any good could do Dick Tracy. Who would you have directed? Like, he's a detective Who would in a gothic this? city fighting physically bizarre gangsters and supervillain types using technology, but also his fists. Really that's shit. a show that writes itself. Really shit technology. Yeah, I mean, technology of the time. Video watches. They could update the technology, or just leave it in the 20s. Yeah, I think as a period piece, like, properly done, yeah. it could be good. Yeah. And the Apples could definitely soundtrack it. So, Buddy Cop, New Orleans, 20s or 30s, so you could transplant Dick Tracy there. Yeah. And yeah, I think I agree on the 70s. The 70s would work as well. I'd still keep it in the South. I'm not sure it has to be in New Orleans. No. I mean, there there is a lot of Southern... It could be in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, I mean, hell, you could have it in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Sure. Like, whatever. Like, there is that Southern vibe to it. A little bit. But it could be in any Southern regional city well, of like, more than a million people. You couldn't do like Kansas or anything like that. I mean, those are those are well, no, those are country terror. A city where you'd expect crime. That's why I said over a million people. Okay, well, it's okay. So you're basically talking Atlanta. Am I? Full disclosure: I'm too Canadian to be able to list a lot of American southern cities. I assume that there are several. You couldn't go as far as like Houston or Dallas or Austin. It's too country oh, over there. I don't know. I I'm think not you sure do you Austin. Can go as, I think I you do Austin. You I think might, this, you might do Austin sort for of these as a guys. Send up for these guys. Yeah, I feel like they're hipster enough. Like they're really straddling that yeah, line. Okay. Well, if we wanted to do a hipster cop show set in Austin with, but now we're setting it today. Funk. Yeah, because they'd be doing it ironically in Austin. Yeah, could you do Miami? Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess there's sort of the the sort of ocean feel to it. It's right in the ocean. It's in the south. It's a party town. Yeah. It is, if I understand correctly, from Club Jams from 2011, the greatest city on earth, period. And 
everyone agrees. And this, if is, you're, this is one man who does not agree. Well, you're not the right person for that town. <laughs> if, it's just not my jam, man. If you're the kind of person in an industry where you're ever likely to meet Pitbull, Miami is the greatest town in the world, period. If you're not working a job where you might someday meet Pitbull, probably just a city with a lot of, I want to say, Golden Girls. Heaven help, heaven help me if I ever meet Pitbull and get me the gun to shoot my own head. Come on! No! You don't like Pitbull? No! He goes to the exact same party every single night and he finds nothing depressing about that fact. Pitbull's having the time of his life. Admittedly. I've been going to essentially the same club for uh, almost 20 years now. I'm still enjoying it. Now, it's not every single night. Hell, it's hardly even every month. But I still go out to the same thing. Okay, if that's what Pipple is, then okay, I accept him on that level. Yeah, he loves his life. But is there something sad about that? I don't think there is. <laughs> I think if you love your life, then you have done it correctly. No matter what happens, if you wake up every morning and go, nice, I am crushing it, then you are crushing it because you don't have to play to any audience other than yourself. Admit. That is the secret to happiness. You plow your own furrow and you don't care who follows. That is what the apples did. That is what Pitbull has done. One of those two people found much greater commercial <laughs> success doing it that is putting than it the other. Mildly. But I think it both comes from the same I'm going to make the music that I want and not care vibe. For all we know, there's the apples are still like an underground hit in Israel and it just hasn't reached Wikipedia yet. I would love that. I'm not sure if that could be the case, but considering Wikipedia doesn't even mention their most recent album, like there's no mention whatsoever of it. I can show it to you on Spotify. It exists. Yeah. I have listened to it. It is very good. It doesn't exist on Wikipedia. So Maybe there is missing information there. Maybe something is lost in translation. That's the worst. Yeah, I mean, they, they are a Hebrew band. I don't know, maybe maybe English Wikipedia is missing something. If I spoke Hebrew, you could go to, I could go to the Hebrew Wikipedia. Hebrew music mis Wikipedia, <laughs> which, is that a thing? Wikipedia is in a lot of languages. I gotta presume there are articles in Hebrew. That checks out. Well, if you guys know anything about um, the apples and what the hell they're doing and whether they are still a thing. And can they tour here? I promise you they can. They can. No. I know. This is wishful. The wishful. Ugh. This is the trouble with liking very niche music. Shit. Which brings us to the end. <laughs> We're ending on a down note tonight. Damn it. Uh, this has been... Uh, the soundtrack to a life. I guess I should answer some questions. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, having listened to the apples buzzing around, would you listen to it again? Hells, yes. This is delightful. When I say that these guys have a Go Team feel, Go Team are a band that I constantly complain don't release music often enough. Mm -hmm. So, great to have a second band operating in this space. And these cats are doing it real well. All right. So... Having listened to this album, would you be looking to listen to more of something else by them? 100%. I'll probably listen to their entire catalog by the end of next week. <laughs> and I would recommend it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh... They're fun music, and it's nice to enjoy things. I don't listen to enough instrumental funk 
every time that I do, it makes me happy. It's and instrumental. Fun. That's then what I it's don't supposed to do. More of my knife. All right. And so to play us out, what do you want? We're going to play Upskirt. All right. On our way out the door. Sounds good. This has been the Soundtrack to a Life. I have been Chris. Follow us along on Twitter and Facebook at SoundtrackCast. We are at SoundtrackCast.com. Like us. Share us. Rate us. Review us. Say hi to us. If you see us in a bar, buy us a beer. We will see you in another two weeks and a couple of days for a new guest and a new record and a new experience. Bye.